the Friday, March 1st edition of Between the Horns. Miles Simmons reporting from Indianapolis, where the brass from the Los Angeles Rams and the 31 other teams in the NFL have all assembled for the 2019 Scouting Combine. This is really the first NFL event of the 2019 offseason, and it's also where we really get to hear from coaches and general managers for the first time since the end of the 2018 season. So for the Rams, that's a shorter time period than most since the team played in Super Bowl 53. But on Thursday, we got to hear from both Sean McVay and Les Snead as the Rams get set to scout players on the Friday on-field workouts. So we'll start with a couple of bits of news, the first regarding free agency. While it seemed like there were a couple of candidates for it, Les Snead said on Thursday that the Rams are unlikely to use the franchise tag this offseason. At this point, we we don't plan on using it. So again, we've got, when is the deadline? About next week. So we got a few few days to determine that right now we, we do definitely do not plan on using it. As Snead mentioned, that franchise tag deadline is not until 1 p.m. Pacific next Tuesday, March 5th. So there is still time for the Rams to change their mind on whether or not they're going to use it. But if they do elect to not tag a player, it'll be the first time they've gone that direction since 2015. In 2016 and 2017, the Rams used the franchise tag on cornerback Trumaine Johnson before he eventually signed with the Jets in free agency last year. And also in 2018, the team used the franchise tag on safety LaMarcus Joyner, electing to do that on him over Sammy Watkins. It was interesting hearing both Snead and McVay talk about that decision in retrospect on Thursday because the Rams really did seem to think that they had a good shot at bringing Watkins back a year ago at this time. I think though that we can all say that things worked out for both parties with Watkins signing a lucrative deal with Kansas City and then the Rams trading for and extending Brandon Cooks. So that's what Snead came back to on Thursday when asked if he's anxious to get the so-called legal tampering period of free agency underway so that he can really get a gauge for the market of all the Rams pending free agents. Let's go to last year, a good example, right? Uh, we let Sammy Watkins go test uh, the market and, and that's the, I'd say that's the best thing about the 72-hour window because and like I mentioned at the podium, everything that they speculation, here's what the Rams think value is, here's what the player, his reps think value is. And if you can't agree, I'm sure both sides are probably arguing that they're somewhat right. Uh, so that 72-hour window allows, all right, there's reality now. So last year with Sammy, his asking price became too steep for us, so we decided to let him move on. And then, so what? The, how do we react after that? Okay, we lost Tremaine, Sammy. If we're disciplined in free agency, we could probably recoup two third-rounders. Oh, by the way, though, we did lose a nice offensive weapon. So how are we going to solve that? Then you, here's what might be available in the draft. And then you go, okay, we got a really good offense. So do we want to add a young guy in there or do we want to get a proven guy? But we'd still like a young guy. So then you start looking at who might be available. So I think when you do this, you've got to have contingency plans. You've got to walk through the scenarios and then execute those scenarios. There is another way for the Rams to add players, and that is via trade. We wouldn't be able to talk about those anyway until the new league year, but it has been all quiet on the media reports front when it comes to the L.A. Rams 
on the trade market. So let's need to address that too, noting that there are many avenues for Los Angeles to improve heading into next season. We do feel like we're, we're jacked about our core, but you, again, you always want to say, okay, what what can we do in 19 to put the, you know, to have the best version of, of the Rams in that year? And that could be, like I said, through many of different acquisitions, you've had free agency, both UFA and I call it the, we call it internally cap casualties, guys who get cut. And that helps with comp formulas if you do lose free agency. There's a draft. So I know what you're saying, right? Last year was kind of sexy, but the goal is not necessarily be to be sexy. But it is to, uh, I'll keep saying it, but the best version of the 19 Rams on the field. Now for our second piece of news, and it's pretty positive. Head coach Sean McVay gave this update on wide receiver Cooper Cup, who is recovering from the torn ACL suffered in week 10. Now he started off by, yes, saying just how good Cooper Cup is, but keep listening because there's good news in there. Yeah, I mean, Cooper's a great player. I, I think when you just talk about the things that he was able to provide for our football team, um, you know, he was so consistent, so versatile in terms of a guy that can really, he's a great productive player in the run game. Obviously in the past game, he did an outstanding job. He's a guy that situationally, you know, was a big part of our offense, whether it be in the red zone or on third down. So you certainly missed him. Uh, he's making great progress. He's one of the most conscientious uh, players that I've ever seen. You know, he's he's already worried about, am I going to miss some things in OTAs, things like that. But, you know, talking to Dr. Elatros and Reggie Scott, he, he's in great shape, you know, and right on pace to, to be ready to go, especially with training camp. You know, we want to have a long-term vision with him, but he's already doing things that I think are probably way ahead of what uh, normally would be the process from an ACL. But, um, you know, we, we feel really good about the way that he's going to respond. And, and I would just say that it's something that we're going to monitor this offseason, but we fully expect him to be ready to go for training camp. So again, that's pretty good news on Cooper Cup, who is clearly a dynamic playmaker for the Rams. As McVay said, Cup was extremely productive on third down and in the red zone. So to give you some numbers, of his eight red zone catches, three resulted in touchdowns. Eight of Cooper Cup's 10 receptions on third down resulted in first downs. And despite playing in only eight games, Cup still finished tied for the team lead with six touchdown receptions in the 2018 regular season. So getting him back will be huge. So to shift gears a bit, running back Todd Gurley's performance in the Rams' last two postseason games has been a consistent topic of conversation since really the end of Super Bowl 53, and it was brought up again on Thursday. However, McVay's answer to the question remained pretty consistent. Yeah, so really, I mean, when you look at Todd's situation, uh, he did miss the last couple games based on just the toll. You could see that he was such a warrior the way he fought through the Philadelphia game, came back, did an excellent job against Dallas, and then I think the game didn't go the way that we wanted to against New Orleans. Um, you know, just kind of the flow of the game and the way they were playing some loaded front structures. We leaned a little bit more on making some plays through the pass game, and CJ did a nice job. Uh, and then in the Super Bowl, really, you know, Todd played two thirds of the game. Uh, I, I think the, the problem starts with, I didn't do nearly a good enough job for us and, and to get Todd going. But, you know, you look at some of the things and, and what a fine line it is between, you know, it being a totally different narrative is when it's 3-3, we're driving. He had a couple great runs to start the second half. And then when he pops a one run uh, towards our sideline that ended up getting called back for a holding, that kind of stalled that drive. But he did a lot of things in that game that gave us a chance. And, and I think ultimately it's about me giving him the opportunities as well. But he's feeling good. I think anytime that you go through the amount 
amount of work that he got specifically this season, um, you know, there's going to be a toll it takes on your body. But but from a physical and, a, and really a mental standpoint, he's in a good place. Um, and, w- and we're excited about how Todd's feeling, you know, moving into the offseason. Still, you know what? It did seem like both Sean McVay and Les Snead would like to reduce the wear and tear on Todd Gurley's body. Just given the sheer amount of carries that he's had, not only since he's entered the league, but particularly over the last couple of years. Yeah, I think it definitely affects the way that you want to be able to first and foremost sit down, talk with Todd, uh, figure out what is the best way to really navigate the the way to maximize his skill set, but then also have a long-term vision for the 16 games that you are guaranteed, uh, and then hopefully if you're fortunate enough to to get some action after that. So um, those are things that you definitely want to think through. I think that he's done such a great job of being able to hold up. I mean, when you look at really specifically the last two years, Vinny, um, what he's been able to do from a production standpoint is, is is unmatched and and then really uh, how do you how do you have a long-term vision for him where he's still able to be the caliber of player that we've been accustomed to seeing from Todd that is making an impact in the run in the pass he's great in protection so all those things do come into play but but I think a lot of that is predicated on all right what is the vision and then what are the players that you do have what kind of personnel groups and then you know CJ did such a nice job coming in that I think it enabled us to be able to be a little bit more balanced and cognizant of all right how do we manage those snaps and and, and things of that nature but every single year provides new challenges but but to say that you wouldn't want to have a consideration for Todd over the long haul yeah that's definitely something we want to think about I think where we have to to go is with Todd he's had a lot of carries since he's come to the league and a lot of yards a lot of touchdowns things like that so obviously senior year junior year Georgia did the ACL so over that time there's an element of wear and tear and I think we have to determine in probably two stages, right? Uh, are we going to give him the amount of load that he's had in the past? Are we going to lessen that load to, let's say, keep him fresher for the season and for seasons beyond? And then if you go that route, right, you have to have a good, let's call it Batman and Robin combination or add another you know, superhero figure into that and figure out how you're going to do it. So we're in the process of figuring that out. And I do think uh, with, you know, Todd and his career, it happens to a lot of young guys. All of a sudden they wake up. It's like a marathon runner. If you run a lot of marathons, you all of a sudden you wake up one morning, you're a little sore than you were the day before. So recovery, things like that have to come into it. But it's something we want to be intentional about and proactive. Also on offense, the Rams once again had to shift their coaching staff a bit following the departure of quarterbacks coach Zach Taylor, who is now the head coach of the Bengals. McVay addressed that on Thursday, really touting new assistant quarterbacks coach Zach Robinson, who might have a bigger role than his title implies. What's been a good thing is that there's had some we've had some guys that have left you know for better opportunities and I think that the thing that we wanted to be mindful of is let's try to find somebody that's going to be really in that quarterback's coaching role that's going to be able to hopefully have some continuity and, and not leave us every single year so um, you know and I think when you look at Zach Robinson who we're going to add in that assistant quarterback's role but he's really going to take over you know the, the role and responsibilities of what Zach Taylor did it's such a great job for us last year um, I think you wanted somebody that you felt like was a personality 
right fit, somebody that had been doing something that's going to be able to have some good translation and, and carry over to what we're going to ask him to do. Um, you know, really impressed with you know some of the things that he was doing with PFF. Uh, he had some impressive things, whether it be breaking down our scheme or he's watched as much tape as anybody over the last couple years with the things that he was you know being asked to do. And then when you look at guys like uh, Ryan Toner, who we have a lot of respect for with the relationships he has with some of the clients on our team, uh, he has gotten to know Zach through the process of training some of the guys that are getting ready for this. Um, so he's got a clear-cut philosophy on the fundamentals, the position. I think having somebody that played is important. And then he and Jared had a good rapport when they met, and, and that was something that was important to us. But mainly the continuity and then you know being able to have Shane kind of in more of an overseeing uh, role where you get Wes Phillips in to coach the tight ends. But hopefully somebody that doesn't leave us after a year and somebody that fits personality-wise that is a mesh between really myself, Jared, and then, and then Zach. Finally, let's finish with a couple of other voices on the Rams head coach. So you may remember during the Rams run to Super Bowl 53 that former offensive coordinator Matt LaFleur was hired to be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And then as we just talked about, Zach Taylor has gone from being the Rams quarterbacks coach to the Bengals head coach. Because of that, both had press conferences in the Indiana Convention Center on Wednesday, and I got a chance to ask them about what they took away from their time coaching with Sean McVay in Los Angeles. Here's what Taylor and LaFleur each had to say. Sean's one of the smartest people I've been around, uh, but the way he treats his staff, the way he treats the players, everyone in the building, um, he's got a personal interaction with every single person he encounters. And so, you know, I, I think everyone knows how, how good of a football coach he is, um, but he's even a better person, you know, and so that, that's what's impressive being around him for the two years I was around him is just how he affects everybody and, and you feel valued. And, um, you know, everyone's role is very important. I think a lot gets made about his age and whatnot. I think he's wise beyond his years. Uh, I just learned so much from him in terms of how important that communication is, not only with your staff, but with your players and, and developing relationships and ultimately being true to yourself. He is what you see is what you get from him. And he is a genuine guy. Uh, I think the guys, they love playing for him. And I think I, I can speak to being on the same staff as him. I loved coaching with him. He's just a genuine guy, and he's, he's made of the right stuff. It was great to catch up with both of those guys briefly. And, of course, other than the times when they play the Rams, we definitely wish them all the success in the world. So that will do it for this Friday, March 1st edition of Between the Horns. Miles Simmons saying thanks so much for listening, everybody. For complete coverage of everything Los Angeles is doing as it relates to the NFL Combine, be sure to keep it locked on the Rams.com. We'll be back in the L.A. studio next week, drop up everything from the Combine, and really start to get you ready for free agency. Until then, have a great one, everybody.